Welcome to the Make Money Behave podcast, where we talk about your money, your circumstances, and the small changes in your behavior that will have a big impact on both. My name is Maria Casillas, and I am honored to be your host. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Make Money Behave. I'm Maria Casillas, and I sure have missed hanging out with you. I am so glad that most of my kids are finally back to school five days a week. I have a high schooler who's been back for probably four weeks now. I have a seven-year-old second grader who just started going back this week, five days a week. And the one who is not able to yet go back five days a week is in middle school. And so she can kind of take care of herself during the day. So it has really started to free up at least a few days a week for me. And that is fantastic because I can finally find somewhere quiet, and sit down and have a chat with you. So I'm happy to be back. I am glad that you have tuned in today. And I really, as always, appreciate the grace when I have these lulls of not being able to hop on the podcast. Today, I want to jump right into just a a thing that I've been thinking a lot about lately. Uh, While I have not had the opportunity to jump in and record a podcast for you, I have very much been working on the other side of my business, and that is really putting together some products that I think are going to be something that would work really well for you. Uh, I have noticed in the last couple of years that a lot of the things that I do really are different than a lot of the stuff that's out there from other financial coaches. And I actually went and talked to somebody. I'm collaborating with her. She's helping me to really kind of put some of this together because what I have identified and discovered is that my approach to this whole money management thing is actually quite outside the box thinking. And I started to understand that the reason for that is because I, my mind just kind of works differently than a lot of people's, uh, that I'm sure that my family would tell you that that is an understatement of all understatements. Uh, but what I mean by that is I do have a very logical mind in a lot of ways. And I allowed during my, oftentimes like during my schooling for that mind, that logical mind to really take over. And that was because I was a firstborn. I was a perfectionist. You know, I wanted to make sure I had good grades because that's what that was what was important to me I thought Um, and I I didn't really foster this creative side of me that I know is there I think the other part of it too and now you're just turning into my therapist. Uh, but the other part of it too is that I actually grew up in a very creative family so on the scale of you know one to ten in all of the population, I'm actually probably considered pretty creative. But when I compared myself to a very creative family, that all of a sudden felt like I was less creative than I really believe now that I was created to be. And so it has taken me all of 42 years to really embrace that creative side and know that not only is it something for me to embrace, but it's something for me to share with other individuals. So anyway, long story short, over the last couple of years, I've really started to realize that that is a gift that I have to have the ability to think logically and creatively at the same time is not something that is super, super common. And what it has allowed me to do is to take all of this logical, boring number stuff that most people would be like totally overwhelmed by and find a way to make it fun and creative and outside the box. And I have, like I said, I joined forces with somebody who is helping me to actually Uh, talk to people who are very creative and really don't like this whole logical side. 
She herself is someone who is a very creative individual. And she works with a lot of creatives as well. So it's been really fun for her to be able to hear what I do and go, oh my gosh, you are so needed in this creative world. And so that's just been really fun. And uh, I just wanted to kind of give you a heads up on that because you'll probably hear some shift in how I'm talking and who I'm talking to. And because uh, I'm, I'm really just wanting to embrace a lot of that. I'm really kind of tired of trying to fit people into a box. And you guys know that my I had this whole existential crisis over the last you know four years when I first started to become a coach and I felt like I was kind of a 2.0 of somebody who was already out there and now I feel like I have my own ideas and, and I have my own approaches and it's just a lot more fun and quite frankly the people that I'm helping they really appreciate that because they don't want to be put into a box they want me to jump right into their box with them and that's really what I'm about to do. So anyway, I say all of that because, well, first of all, probably because it's been, you know, weeks since I've been on here, so I have so much to share. Uh, But also, it's just a really long lead up to this quote that I came across the other day. And I wanted to share it with you because I believe that whether you are creative or not, it really is a pertinent quote. So this is by Deepak Chopra. I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly, but I, I hope I am. Anyway, the quote goes like this. The best use of imagination is creativity. The worst use of imagination is anxiety. So first I want to address the second half of that quote, that the worst use of imagination is anxiety. If you think about it, we create our own anxiety and it's usually by imagining the worst thing that could possibly happen. It's usually by using that imagination to somehow play out something that we have no control over and we just play it over in our minds and decide that that is what that end result's gonna be. Now, has anyone ever told you that anxiety is actually your use of imagination? Honestly, no one has ever said that to me before, but it makes perfect sense. If you have anxiety over something that you can't control, then you are kind of at heart a bit of a creative. Think about that. You have to be able to play out something that is completely unknown in your mind. You're a storyteller. You're just telling yourself a story that kind of freaks you out. So it's time to maybe start telling yourself a different story. Or as Mr. Chopra says, Let's reframe that. Let's reuse that imagination for something good. Let's channel that imagination into something that's creative. Maybe you write a story down, physically write it down. You might think to yourself, um, I'm, I'm on here trying to get money advice. Why in the world are you trying to tell me to go write a story? Listen, if you're already doing it in your head anyway, then let's lean into the habits that you've got going on. If you are telling yourself a story, then let's reframe that story. Let's write it down. Because here's the thing. If you are experiencing anxiety around your money issues, I'm willing to bet that part of it is you writing the ending of a story, using your imagination to create this thing that may or may not ever even happen. And I know that you can rewrite that story so that the ending is something that brings you joy, not anxiety. How would that feel? I wonder what it would feel like to wake up at the beginning of any given week. Today's a Monday. So this is, nope, today's not a Monday. Today's a Tuesday. It's my Monday because it's the first day this week that I have no children at home. So 
imagine for a second that it's a Monday and you wake up and the, it, at the beginning of any given week and you can say with confidence, I feel joy around my money story today. I don't have it all put together. I may not be in the place that I want to be yet, but I am working towards creating that ending for myself. What, a, what, a, what an accomplishment that would be. Why do we insist on writing anxiety stories for ourselves instead of using that imagination for something good, turning it into something creative? I encourage you today to be creative with that imagination because that is the best use of your imagination according to Mr. Chopra. Even if you are not an artistic person and you believe that you do not have a creative bone in your body, a super easy way to actually tap into that creativity, that childlike side of you that maybe has gone to the wayside years and decades ago, is to create a vision board. Now, I want you to hear me clearly when I say I don't have this this crazy notion that you just put things down on a board and all of a sudden you can manifest it just by having it there. You know, I, I actually believe that you need to be able to put work into things and that, you know, you have to, it has to be something that actually is in alignment with what's truly valuable to you. Otherwise, you're not really going to make that happen. However, I do know because I've watched this with clients, people who believe they don't have any creativity, they are able to use scissors and cut out pictures. They are able to use markers and add color to a board. I have watched couples do this. Listen, I'm telling you, I've had men and women before the whole coronavirus thing happened. I had people sitting in my physical office. They would cut out pictures and they would use colors. I had markers. I had crayons. I had uh, stencils. I put a bunch of magazines there and I just let them be them. I let them tap into their inner child for a little bit and just dream a little bit. Find words that popped out at them and they were able to create these things that helped them identify what their values are, if nothing else. And that was so fun to watch that happen. So if you are, if you are doubtful right now that you, can't, you have it in you to be creative, I am challenging you today. Find something that allows you to tap into that creativity, that inner child of yours, even if it's just for a second, and use that imagination for good. You don't need any more of the anxiety in your life anyway. We've got enough of that going on just in the world as as we know it. So let's take a little control back and be okay not being boring all the time. I would love to help you with that. If you need somebody who's willing to jump into your box with you rather than trying to put you into my own box, book a call and we will see if whether or not working together is good for both of us. I only work with people who not only will get value from what I have to bring to the table, but also will provide value for me because that's really the kind of person that I want to work with. I don't want to work with people who drain my energy. I want to work with people who feed my energy. So I don't take everyone on as a client, but I don't want that to be the thing that stops you from booking a call to see because you just never know if we'll be a good fit. Now, the easiest way to do that is go to chatwithmc.com. Again, that's chatwithmc, as in mariacasillas.com. Book a free icebreaker session. It's only 30 minutes long or less, and we will just see if we're a good fit. 
I hope that this message resonated with you today and I really do appreciate you tuning in after me being gone for so long. If you love this episode, I highly encourage you to rate and review the show and share it with somebody else who you think would actually benefit from the message that you heard today. As always, thanks for listening. Bye-bye.